You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. The art of pivoting in your career. As entrepreneurs, we are constantly in a position to pivot for better or for worse. And sometimes this may include an entire career shift or change. Even if you're the owner of a business, you never know. It might just be time to move on to something else. So figuring out how to navigate this yourself and even maybe leading your team in navigating this for them as individuals or however it may grow with your company can definitely present some real challenges. So we're going to dive into that a little bit today with today's guest, Gina Riley. She's an HR professional, career transition coach, executive search consultant, and interview skills trainer. She's going to talk to us a little bit about how to lead your team and yourself through these challenges when it comes to pivoting your career. So I'm super excited to have her on the show. Welcome to Elona. Welcome to Eloma, Gina. I am so happy to be here. Great to great to be here for the conversation. Yeah. So Gina, as I mentioned, entrepreneurs are constantly pivoting in our business, right? This is just part of the game. Um, what are some transitions you commonly see entrepreneurs going through in their journeys? You know, what I would say is I would dial it back one step. And what I see in my business are the people that are in corporate, nonprofit, in public jobs. And then they start to get that itch that mm. there's something more that, that is inside of them that they can give and offer. And then also, especially with the pandemic, people are looking at work-life flexibility and trying to figure out how they can navigate balancing all of that. And sometimes it feels like they're strapped in chains, you know, inside of the four company walls virtually now. Yeah. And so really the transitions I see are really those people who are now starting that process of figuring out a career transition. And sometimes what, what I uncover when I work with them is it's not going to be a company to company transition Mm. and, and like a corporate to corporate transition, you mean? Yeah. Or, you know, I'll see executives that want to go from that long time career in a for-profit and now they want to go lead a nonprofit. But what happened um, recently is I had a client who came to me thinking she was going to go from the world of being in journalism and broadcasting. She was a weather chief um, for a major um, station. And she she thought it was going to be into to a corporate role of like communications, because that's okay. what most people do, right? Yeah. When they air when quotes, they, most people air quotes. exactly. <laughs> and when we got going and we went through my process, which I'm unpacking kind of people's unique strengths, values, the skills that motivate them and their mm-hmm. personality, what we uncovered was she was going to be very unhappy moving into a role like that. And she had 85 informational conversations to learn about what those people were doing. 85. On her own? <laughs> On her own. Whoa. But now remember, she's coming from journalism and broadcasting. Yeah. So she's like a learner and but she's an investigator. She's incredible, incredible drive and motivation. And when we got to the point where I was feeding back to her what I was seeing in her, in yeah. her materials, and I was losing sleep over it. I was like, hey, you know, Christy, I think that you're going to feel like a caged hummingbird if you lock yourself into a corporate desk job. And she 
she had to sit with that. And then so began her entrepreneurial journey. So that's where I I am working with people where they may have that realization. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then they have to start that journey. And I'm not necessarily the 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 best fit for someone to take them through that to starting the business. So I actually um lined her up with my business coach and she completely blossomed, created her own program. Now she's she's out there. She had a single, she left the news job. Yeah. Um, but it was all grounded in who she was mm-hmm. and how she shows up in the world and what was gonna actually make her thrive as a human being. I love that because uh, that aligns so closely with a lot of the work that we do as well. Um, and I've, I've had a lot of clients recently that are like, I'm done working for the man and I, I'm really, really good at what I, I do and I should just do this and get paid for it. And so we've, we've worked with a lot of women recently who are just done with corporate and uh, help them launch their businesses and are really, really proud of how successful they've been. Um, so yes, I, I agree with that. I've seen a lot of, when we're talking about career transitions, I've seen a lot of women recently, especially over the last couple of years. You know, I heard somebody say that um, uh, instead of the great resignation, they termed it the great value realignment. Mm, I like and that I, much better. Ooh, I like that because I've heard so many people say like, I'm just done. I'm just done. Like this isn't worth it. This This isn't that important. And they're kind of making these shifts. Um, mm-hmm. But then I've also seen people, entrepreneurs included, shift their profession, sh- like move from one profession to another. So have you seen any entrepreneurs that are bouncing from, you know, like for myself, for example, um, I've been in marketing for the last 15 years and I'm transitioning more to a business strategist role and coach. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious as to any entrepreneurs out there listening you're not alone if that's that's the boat you're in. But yeah, Gina, I'd love to know what your experience has been there. You know, I what I'm kind of thinking is if someone is making shifts, they haven't quite settled into what it is that they most want to deliver to others, what product, what service. Mm-hmm. And so really, I take it a step back and, and would be talking to the person about what is it that really drives you and motivates you yeah. every day and get excited about serving others and going to work. Um, and that ties back again to what are the unique strengths that you know you came to the planet with that yeah. drive you in how you behave every day? Um, do you get to live out your top values that that um the values that we have, the core, the, I call them kind of the, the those are the words of the heart. Mm. If we don't feel as though we're giving to live we get to live out our values, then something feels wrong. You know, our yes. stomach aches, we can't sleep at night. And then the other thing is, are we getting to use the skills that most motivate us? We all have to do things in our jobs, in our lives that we do not like, but we have to do. We have to put on our big girl pants and do it. My 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 joke is, you know, I don't like to balance my checkbook and I'm not very good at it, but I owe it to my family to take that on other people that shouldn't have to do that for me, but it takes me longer because I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I get to do the other things that make me contribute in ways that make me feel good, like, you know, cooking and, you know, other things for my family, then, you know, I'm going to be happier. Same for entrepreneurs. You have to get centered on these things and, and 
be confident that you're going to get to show up in ways that you'll repeatedly want to do. And if you haven't done that, it makes me wonder, have you even gotten centered on yourself before you start Mm -hmm. to choose what you're going to offer? I love, I love that. And I, I, I just want to take a second to drive that point home. I personally have been working with a coach for the, over the last two years, and she has fundamentally changed my life. And I so firmly believe that every owner needs to get really clear on who they are first and what they want first mm-hmm. before they can truly go all in on the business that's right for them. And, and yes. also we're, we're whole humans, right? We shift, we change over time. And so I feel like that might look different, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. It'd yes. be weird if it didn't, right? But I love that point. Like, I, I, I just fully agree with that. I've, I've gone through that experience myself. And you have to dive into it. Gina, if you don't mind me asking, so you went through this experience. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Oh, absolutely. Um, so... I my I originally started off in HR and I I was in staffing recruitment. I worked for Intel for 10 years. It was an incredible formative time of my career development and I wanted to move into HR business partnership and I ran into a wall. They said, "Well, to have that job you have to have a master's." So I got a master's. Mm-hmm. Um I had corp- I had mentors and sponsors that helped me and guided me and I got that role with that sort of um caretaking, if you will. And then I moved into training and development, which was really my passion, developing training programs. Then I had two sons and Mm -hmm. I stepped back from the workplace. I was fortunate to be able to be a stay-at-home mom for 15 years. So now I'm completely out of the ecosystem and I'm missing a lot of the technology advances. I don't get on Facebook. I mean, you name it. I'm focused on the family and my community and my schools. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends who owns... um, an executive search firm, and it's wildly successful. She's been going for over 11 years now. She lured me back into the workplace. So this is where networking and those deep relationships where people know, like, and trust you, that's where that connection for getting back into the workplace can happen. So I go back and I, I help her develop an interview skills training that we deliver in corporations. We train managers and leaders how to craft effective questions um, I've done some executive search for her, but really what I did was I took all these years of experience and put it into the career coaching program that I developed. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of been my evolution is taking all of these experiences, helping and talking with leaders and executives and advising them even, you know, in my early career, um, and interviewing people and seeing them make mistakes. I was like, I think I could help people go through this very mucky process a lot better. Yeah. Interviewing is really hard. Like interviewing to to hire specifically. Yes. It's that's something I've recently realized is like I'm bad at that. Like I I, I was like, oh it's fine. I'll interview. And, and recently I'm like, wow, somebody else should really do this. <laughs> All right. We can talk hard. on the side. I'll give you some tips. Yeah. <laughs> well hey, let's if you don't mind, like for anybody listening and also feels like they suck at interviewing. What's one or two tips for any owners or founders out there as they're looking to interview to hire or even to interview their existing team members to potentially pivot their careers into another path? Like what's what's a tip or two? Yeah, I love that. One, let's say you have to go to market or you, you need to bring in a new teammate. 
Um, the first thing is get very clear first on what skills you need in that individual. So don't worry about what the education is, certifications, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Start with what the purpose of the role will be. Then, so what's the mission? What are the outcomes? If you're going to do a review at the end of the year, what would you review them against? Those are the bullet points that you're going to first come up with. So don't start with some generic job description. Just let it go on a blank piece of paper and go, what do we need? What do we want? Maybe do a mini SWOT analysis of your own company and go, okay, well, what are our strengths now? What are our weaknesses? What opportunities do are we trying to strive for? And what, what's threatening us? Now back into what kind of individual you need to hire. Mm-hmm. When you come up with those, let's say, eight bullet points, because if you have a huge job description, it becomes diluted and you lose focus. Sure. You, if you do this well, you can take those question, those bullet points and craft skill-based or behavioral questions so you get stories from your candidates mm. that will then be an indicator from their past performance of how well they'll be performing in your job. The reason why you want to use um, behavioral questions is because you're going to be 85% more accurate in making your choice because mm-hmm. past stories is the best indicator of future performance. The caveat. Okay. Not go on the internet and pull off the shelf ridiculous behavioral questions that are canned, such as, tell me about a time when you failed. That's a total <laughs> BS question. Don't do that. What you want to do is take those bullets and, you know, let's say an outcome is you're going to, you'll, you're bringing in someone who is going to be, I don't know, in sales. And they, part of the outcome of hiring them will be gaining new accounts. And that's a bullet point on mm-hmm. an outcome. So you can turn it around. Tell me about a time when you had to go and forge relationship, new relationships and bring in new accounts. Tell me about a couple of those yeah. times that you've done it um, and bring to life, you know, what happened when you brought in the accounts? How much business were you able to create? Did they renew their contracts? Those are the things that you can do to probe. Now you're getting real stories and you're not asking a BS question like a time of failure that they may pick out of nowhere and relates nowhere near the skills you need to learn about. That, when you lay it out like that, that sounds so obvious. But I will totally admit, I have definitely not done it that way. And I'm sure I haven't done a very good job. This Um, is the training I do. We've created this. It's a six hour training. We have, um, we do it with groups of like anywhere from 12 to like 24. And we actually have a mock interview exercise. So we do skill building, go through like, let's, you know, review what does good listening look like, you know, et cetera. And then we teach people how to build these questions around the jobs they're actually hiring for. Then they practice it with each other. Oh, nice. So these are, these are workshops you're doing or the... Tell us a little bit more about for anybody listening who's like, yes, that I could use some help there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I do that under the talents group umbrella, um, which is the executive search firm I consult with. Um, and we, what we do is we go in and we work with te- corporate teams. So, you know, we're currently doing like eight sessions for a company called VetSource. So we're, because they're all over the place, we've been doing virtual sessions, which is mm-hmm. You know, it's effective, but it's not quite as fun as being in person. We sure. love being in person because 
you know, you get the breakouts and it's team development as well. You know, we've done probably 10 for one community health, which is a health center in Hood River, Oregon. They're not letting anyone be on an interview team unless they've gone through our training. Oh, wow. They're taking it very seriously. And they've gone from, um, they've improved their um, retention by, I think it's about 20% since they started using effective behavioral interviewing practices. That's awesome. Amazing. They're picking the right people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it all comes back to people, right? And that's why this is so important because especially as small business owners or entrepreneurs, if you're not investing in your people, you're not building the foundation for growth of any kind. Mm-mm. Like, And you can't really grow if you've got turnover all the time. So mm-hmm. taking the time, yeah, taking the time to really find the right people, that's, that's, I think, one of the greatest investments you can make. It is the most important decision managers can make is choosing the right talent and then developing developing them so that they want to stay. You know, we can sit here and talk really woo-woo about culture and all that stuff. That's not where I'm heading with this. It's like identify people that want to be there. We call it um, finding the right match. We want people that have the competencies, the skills, mm-hmm. the technical skills and the behavioral skills to do the job. And we want to know that they have passion to do the job that we have, that they're not aiming for something else, that they're pumped about this. And yeah. then we'll fit within your current culture. And when I say culture, I mean the values that you live by in your company. Are you burnt out, exhausted, stuck, uninspired? Sounds a lot like me in 2021, but I took the time and created the space to figure out what I really wanted. And then I made it a reality. That's what we're doing for other women business owners in our Defining Success Workshop series. Take the time to really define what you want, and then let's build a roadmap to make it happen. Our workshops are filled with strategic and tactical takeaways, are very action-oriented, and help you create change starting immediately. RSVP today for our December 1st Defining Success for Owners Workshop Series in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and visit us at ricksworkshops.com, that's R-I-X workshops.com, to learn more about our 2023 upcoming quarterly workshops in Nashville, Phoenix, Chicago, and Milwaukee. So, okay, for so we've got a lot of entrepreneurs listening and they're leading teams, however big or small they may be. Yeah. Now, as we talk about investing in our team, our greatest investment, right? We all will come to a point where we are leveling up our team members, right? That's Mm -hmm. the best thing we can do is continue to help them grow. So what advice or tips would you have to give to an owner entrepreneur that's trying to help figure out how to level up their team member to get to the next point, which Mm -hmm. could be a shift in their career path or within the company, et cetera? What, What tips would you have? Yeah, I have two big tips. I'm going to put them in buckets. One is make sure you really know who they are and they know who they are. I'll talk about that. Mm, Then the second bucket is um, helping them build what I would call a personal board of directors or a personal board of advisors. So like mentors, right? So let's go with the first one. Um, And it threads back to what I do with my clients, which is I first start with who are you? It's really hard for me to help people build their stories and know what 
their, where they're heading and what their target is, unless I start with them. That starts with that internal work. But that's such a loaded question. <laughs> right, right. Thank you for teeing it up for me. So I, I use um, something, a, a tool on the market called the UMAP. It's a career profile yeah. assessment. It won a, a, a career innovator award, I believe in 2020. And what it, what it does is it economically and holistically brings together your top strengths, the five strengths from StrengthsFinder, um, your top values, your um, motivated and burnout skills, and then your career-related personality. So it's not the DISC and it's not Myers-Briggs. It's something called the Holland. So what we do is we start with this holistic um, uh, you know, view of the individual. Here's how an entrepreneur leader can use this with their team. And I, I did this before the pandemic hit. I worked with a small marketing team of four people. We each person took the UMAP. We got together in person, put flip chart paper around the room and started pulling out, okay, what are all of your top strengths? Mm -hmm. Then they discussed it with each other about, oh, this is what it means for me to show up in the world. This is how I show up the best. So they started seeing that illuminating, right? Then we took the top three values that were the most important to them as it relates to them being in their work environment. Now we started to uncover really important information. What, what they saw with each other is they didn't understand maybe someone's value, but they knew they were maybe having friction. And when there were words around it, they started to, to be able to relax and say, oh, I can give you grace or I can change my behavior so that I'm not rubbing up against that value, right? Yeah. One example is like freedom. If I want freedom to do the work the way that I see fit, and I have other people constantly telling me exactly how to do it, that's going to cause friction. That's sure. an example. Yeah. So now we looked at their, their motivated and burnout skills, and they started to see, oh, I like doing what burns you out. And this is a small team. They could trade mm -hmm. some yeah. responsibilities. So if you're the leader, let's take it back to that. You're the leader, and you really understand your person at that level. Now you can help them create a career plan and, you know, ways to develop. Yes. Then we'll go into like, how, how do you help them develop? There's obvious ways, education, training, certifications. You can do it free. You can do, you know, programs, all of that. But what we're missing today, especially not being in, in offices is that true mentorship. So I mean, an entrepreneur is not going to know, the manager isn't going to know everything about everything, right? So if that, if that employee needs to skill build in a couple of niche areas, why not help them build a little group of advisors that they can meet with once a month or whatever, go to coffee, have a Zoom meeting and have them just talk about that lane of expertise, whether that's mm -hmm. financial expertise, whether that's operations expertise you name it. I love that. My wheels are turning right now. I love that. Um, okay. I want to take that one step further and kind of flip it on its head as well. So for all the entrepreneurs listening, so hope you took a notes on how to help out your team. But if you yourself are feeling frustrated or you feel like your values are being um, violated in any way, what tips would you maybe have to share for the entrepreneurs listening who are trying to find realignment? Mm. That's a really hard question. Um, one is, I think that you first have to acknowledge what is true for you. Mm. So 
you can't put it aside. Once you see on paper or you've kind of settled in and realized, wow, these are really the top values that matter as I work in my work ecosystem, because we have all, all these values and they may or may not apply at work. So I, I, I have my sure. people focus on three. It's easier. Um, you have to like embrace what's true. And, you know, it's possible that the people that you've selected on your team may not be in alignment with you and you have friction that you could either address, you know, and try to bridge those gaps, or maybe you've hired the wrong people and you have to admit that to yourself. Mm -hmm. So there's different things, but I, I think first you have to really believe that what you come to the conclusion about yourself is true and you need to act. You only, you can act on it. I want to butt in there for just a second. I love that you make this point because it's, I think it's a very personal thing. Like what is real? What is true? And sometimes I think that's looking in the mirror and say like, I screwed up. I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. It's my responsibility to fix it or address it. And I think that then, you know, leads people down a, a whole rabbit hole of personal discovery. But I love that because you have to start from a place of truth. Like you have to like, just check yourself. So anyway, Sorry for butting in, but I love it. No, that. no, you're 100% right. And what I would say is you need to you need to have an element of humility. And yes. that's that we don't know it all, all the time. And sometimes we go down a path because we think it feels right or it's in our head. And then we realize in our gut, in our heart, it's not working. Yeah. And then we have to be humble enough to say, ooh, I made, I made a choice that wasn't the right direction for me. So we yeah. call that, we may call that failure, but I call it, learning from like, okay, that's information that I shouldn't be heading that direction. I need to realign. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is instead of maybe it's almost maybe a mindset shift, instead of looking at a pivot as potential failure, it's more like gathering information and clues as to going down a more appropriate path. Absolutely. I mean, I love all, that. We've all, um, taken on clients or customers that weren't the right fit for us. And it caused yes. both sides strife, right? I know yeah. I have. Mm -hmm. And and what it did was instead of me saying to myself, Ooh, I made a mistake. I jumped the gun. I was eager to make a sale, if you will. And you know, mm -hmm. what have you. Yeah. And that happened earlier on when I started, sure. you know, my company. Now I've gotten very, very clear on what it looks like when someone appears on Zoom or doing a strategy call who's going to end up not being the right fit, not by the way that they look. I mean, the, their sure. behaviors and what they tell me that they need. Yeah. So what I've gotten good at is building a, a network of really capable coaches that have different niches where I can refer them and I handhold them to those people and say, hey, I think you could be a good fit. Could you do a strategy call? Yeah, because um, we'll all be miserable. They'll be miserable. And it takes humility and it takes like patience and true belief that the next customer will come along and I will be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to call out that I did interrupt you earlier on like, it's true, but I wanted to go back and give you the opportunity to finish that thought process of for the entrepreneurs listening, if they're in the position of like looking to pivot their career, you said first identify what is true. And, and get really clear on that. And I want to give you the opportunity to finish that thought process. Sure. You know, I would say after you figure out what's true, which is it threads back to this story I was telling about 
her name's Christy Siefkin, and I'm happy to share that with you because um, I featured her in an article this month about her career journey. Oh, um, awesome. So it's, it's, it's public. Um, so what I um, partnered with her on and what I saw her go through as she, you know, made that shift is then you have to figure out, well, what, what is your unique offering? It kind of goes back into like, what, you know, how do you navigate this process? You need to know what your offering is. What are your models and frameworks that are different? You have to do your homework on your competition and, and, and you have to come to the realization, I have skills and expertise that will help me stand out in a way that other people aren't making this offering. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? This is what you end up selling. We all have something to sell, whether it's yeah. thoughts, ideas, products, or services. And we don't have to be salesy when we do it. All we need is the confidence that we have something special and it may be a solution for someone who appears at our doorstep. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast an amazing, simple, and affordable podcast production agency. Hivecast has been instrumental in producing Welcome to Eloma, simplifying our workflow, and making our lives so much easier. Their packages range from $500 to $1,000 a month to create audio, video, and marketing creative assets. They've saved us huge on both our bottom line as well as time spent. They also have a sister agency called Fireside, which offers marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, and so much more. And they're all at really reasonable prices for small business owners. The best part is that there's no contract. So you can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code ELOMACAST, E-L-O-M-A-C-A-S-T, and save 50% off your first month of services. Go ahead and give them a try. We have loved working with them. Um, okay, Gina, you've laid down lots of wisdom today. Um, for anybody who may be like overwhelmed with all the golden nuggets flying around, what's the one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation? Oh my goodness. Um, well, one thing that we didn't necessarily co- cover in depth is um, I think that the takeaway if you're making a pivot is you have to first get clear on yourself. We talked about that a lot, but you really have to you have to make a plan and and you have to like take off bite-sized pieces and maybe you're you're not even an entrepreneur yet you're in corporate and you're thinking about making the move keep your corporate job but make the entrepreneur entrepreneurial leap a, a slow burn do it six, yes. six, 6 months to a year mm-hmm. lay the foundation go quietly get your website together make sure you have an offering that you're confident about and then you network and you talk to people about like, hey, I'm going to bounce pretty soon, you know, yeah. and, and, and start at least getting a few customers or clients that maybe you're not charging at your max capacity, but you're getting, a, getting people through a beta program, if you will. That's what yeah. I did, where people aren't paying a lot, but now you're getting real testimonials. That's the exchange is, hey, I'm going to let you test drive what I've created, but I, I, in exchange, I want your actual face and I want your actual name and title so people can see that real humans got value from me. And it's not Sam S, you know, um, said that Gina Riley Consulting is great, right? I don't, <laughs> that's not helpful if people are looking me up and seeing if I am a known and trusted brand. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So get clear, get clear on, you know, who you are and what you want and create a plan. 
for putting it into action. I love that. Um, Gina, for you, uh, what, what are you working on right now? What are you most excited about? Oh, boy. Um, I constantly toil away at my um, private um, LMS, learning management system. So when people hire me, um, I've got a gated access to um, a website where I house video content. Most of my coaching is all in person, which is that's the way it should be. But there's little snippets that help people do homework assignments. So I'm not constantly repeating myself. And I've actually been just too busy <laughs> to finish it. So that's what I'm most excited to do when I can do it. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, and I'm also going to be speaking at Disrupt HR Portland next week. So I am like on the grind trying to memorize my five minute speech. Have you have you heard of Disrupt HR? I have not. Oh, okay. It's a little bit like TED Talks. But oh, what okay. Is, is there's 20 slides. They flip every 15 seconds automatically. You're not controlling it. Okay. And you have to be able to like do your whole five minutes while it's going. Just it's go. incredibly challenging. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'm sure you're going to nail it. I'm sure you're going to nail it. Um, one more question for you, Gina, and then we'll, we'll wrap up here. What is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? <sighs> hmm. My greatest discovery. I think the one thing that warms my heart the most is the partnerships and the friendships and the network that I've developed and built over the last, you know, five plus years. It makes this work fun because being an entrepreneur can be lonely, mm -hmm. but I don't feel alone. Um, the people that refer, you know, I have resume writers around the country that refer to me because what I'm doing is different than what they do. Mm -hmm. Are we partner? They'll write a resume and I'm doing the co other coaching. So, and having people to lean on and ask questions and say, have you encountered this? That has been the best discovery. And, you know, our clients out there in the ecosystem, the executives that are watching our content, they take notice. They're like, I, I see you supporting other people and them supporting you. That feels really good. It, yeah. it, I think it's, it's a nod to all these people having humility and owning their space and being confident about it, but also leaving room on the stage for other people and shining a light on other people's. Mm. Yes. Yes, that reciprocity is so huge. I love yeah. that. Um, okay, so Gina, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. If listeners want to get in touch or learn more, what's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, a couple. One is um, send a personalized connection request on LinkedIn and just say that you know you heard me on the podcast and then I'll connect because we all get sales pitches. So if it's I know it's that and it, if your headline says, I help somebody coaches get three X of their reach. You know, I'm like, <laughs> Delete. no, no. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, Cause the next thing is a sales pitch. Yeah. So LinkedIn is really where I live. I post three to five times a week there. Um, Gina Riley consulting um, is my website. Okay. Awesome. All right. And for any listeners who enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and leave us a review. If you didn't, then don't. Um, <laughs> uh, leave a good review, leave a good review. And Gina, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. Fun. 
To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.